turn your great idea into a reality with Squarespace. They make it easier than ever to launch your passion project, whether you're showcasing your work or selling products and services of any kind. With beautiful templates and the ability to customize just about anything, you can easily make a beautiful website yourself. Also, if you do get stuck, Squarespace's 24-7 award-winning customer support is there to help. So head to squarespace.com slash cracked for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code cracked to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. In order to support our show, uh, we need the help of great advertisers. To find them, we could use a little help from you. So if you can, please go to podsurvey.com slash cracked, and you can take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you a little better. Uh, we love being able to just bring you this show very easily. Advertisers support that. And hey, maybe you can achieve the platonic ideal, right, of an advertisement that is about something you're thrilled about. Uh, you know, I, I think that would be pretty cool. I think it uh, probably happens a lot uh, with us. I think we pick good ones. But we could use your help and we'd really appreciate it if you would go to podsurvey.com slash cracked. That's C-R-A-C-K-E-D. And as a bonus thing, once you've completed the survey, you can choose to enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. Again, that's podsurvey.com slash cracked, C-R-A-C-K-E-D. Thanks for your help. Do you like history? Do you like comedy? Do you like shows that explore why life is more interesting than people think it is with fun experts and funny people? And critical final question, can you be in the Midwest a few weeks from now? That'd be cool, because the Cracked Podcast will be there. We're doing live episodes April 11th at Lincoln Hall in Chicago, Illinois, April 12th at Amsterdam Bar and Hall in St. Paul, Minnesota. Ticket links are in the footnotes. Please get one and make us part of your spring. Hey there, folks. Welcome to another episode of the Cracked Podcast, the podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm the head of podcasting here at Cracked. I'm also known as Schmitty the Clam. I'm also known as Schmitty the Champ. And I am also, also here to talk to you about the Foo Fighters. Uh, you uh, may think I mean the band. No, surprise, I don't. I mean the origin of that name. I learned about it from a Cracked article called Five Dark Historical Mysteries We'll Probably Never Solve by Adam Wares. And I don't know if, if this one is like dark, dark, uh, but it's a situation where in World War II, there was a U.S. flying squadron called the 415th Night Fighter Squadron uh, flying over the Rhine Valley toward the end of World War II. And they kept reporting being followed by sets of lights. Uh, there would be also all kinds of combinations. Sometimes it would be eight to ten bright orange lights to the side of them. Sometimes it would be just one red one or a couple green ones. Uh, also, they would either move slowly or move very much more rapidly. And they all felt like they were being scoped out by sets of lights while they were flying their missions. And there were never any signs of it on radar. Uh, so then the people back on the ground were like, I don't know what you're talking about. And the people in the air were like, I know what I'm talking about. And they ended up uh, just trying to come up with a name for it. There was some kind of comic strip called the Smoky Stover Comics, uh, which I've never read, but they're about firefighters. And uh, some character in that calls firefighters Foo Fighters as like kind of a goofy name for that. And so they applied that to these mysterious lights that some people think are UFOs, some people have no idea what they are, some people think the pilots were crazy. It's very hard to tell. 
Our topic is creepy unsolved mysteries from history. Very straightforward, and I have two straightforwardly amazing guests. I am joined by Jenny Jaffe and Carrie O'Donnell. There will be all kinds of links about their credits and so on in the food notes. They're wonderful writers, comedians, and more. And they're also very, very big fans of this kind of thing. Uh, this is often going to be a spooky episode, and it's also going to be an episode where I think we find a a couple really surprising or even delightful theories about these true crimes and other crazy spooky things from mostly the distant past, and there's a few recent ones too. I think it's a nice mix of that stuff. And let's get straight into it. Please sit back or sit in your like mystery machine van with a talking dog who eats snacks that are that are almost definitely drugs, but you can't say that in children's cartooning. Either way, enjoy this episode of the Cracked Podcast with Jenny Jaffe and Carrie O'Donnell. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. We've got a lot of so many amazing stories here. We do. Um, I feel like one that maybe as a good starter is is uh, Jenny are particularly excited about the Tamam Should case. The second you said unsolved mysteries, those words just yeah. popped into my head. Really? Yeah. It's when like I, and I don't know the... if I'm pronouncing it right either because it's Farsi for it is ended, but it's Tamam Should. Which is yeah. terrifying. It's so terrifying. <laughs> yeah. It's the weirdest story. It's like the one that I feel like whenever you go down like a weird unsolved murder rabbit hole, like this is like, I feel like my favorite murder did it like episode one type of thing. Basically, this guy in Australia turned up murdered under a street lamp. They couldn't identify him. They still have not identified him, I don't believe. Yeah, it's still unknown. And they found a secret pocket in his pants. And in it was uh, written on this page the words, Tomum should, except it wasn't just written. It was torn from a book. And not just any book, a very rare book of Farsi poetry. Yeah. So they had to do this, like, insane excavation of all of these old original copies of this book like to try and find some clue about what it was and um, and if and if people want to try to find it apparently it was the Rubaiyat by Omar Khayyam and it was a like specific edition of that so they did an Australia-wide search of this extremely rare book (laughs) is he Um, like Rumi adjacent like the poet I, I believe he's it's a well-known book, well-known yeah. poet. Yeah, yeah, but it's but it's it's uh such a specific choice too. Like yeah. none of us are like, ah, oh, it's like that thing in the Rubaiyat. Right. You know? I don't know how they figured out <laughs> like, that's exactly what yeah. it was, but yeah. yeah, so just it's gone unsolved. No one's ever identified him. Didn't people think he was maybe like a spy? Like, aren't there theories about that? That he was like poisoned or something, or I don't even think that the co- like cause of death was ever determined. Really? That. Yeah, they well because they found him in 1948, and I, I think you're right that there was some kind of like maybe Cold War element to it. Right? Like maybe he KGB. was involved, you know, spying in Australia where all the secrets are. Apparently, yeah. I don't know why. If you want to go missing, go to Australia. Like people, it's a great place the outback to go is like a place of death. <laughs> so like, if you want to go, there's yeah. so many like animals that could just kill you at any time. Dingoes. There's yeah. so many like just weird. Like lethal places, mm-hmm. they could I like fall off a cliff. Did, who found him? Like just some like townsperson or something? Right? Like, yeah, he was yeah. just under a street lamp on Somerton <laughs> Beach. If you know your Australian beaches, hmm. like I Hot assume spot. it was a message to someone. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't just he. W- maybe he was just carrying it around. Like maybe maybe the Tamum should have it all was like he was going to go get a tattoo and he was bringing like the exact font that he wanted to the tattoo artist. <laughs> I want it like this. I want it, Can you do it exactly like yeah. this? 
I know it has to be a little bigger so it doesn't bleed together, but... It was like a 1948 infinity symbol. Exactly. Someone getting on their wrist. Like, I want just this. It would be kind of a cool tattoo, actually. It would be. That's like the best theory I've heard. Yeah. Like that it is unrelated to the murder. He just was carrying it around. And then he just extinguished. Yeah. And then he was too scared. (laughs) And just died. He's like, my mom's going to be so mad. And he just passed out. That's, I solved it. Yeah, it's an amazing. You did. Yeah. It's just a tattoo. Right now on Friday. Like you said, there were no other marks on him or anything. He was in a very nice suit, but all the clothes had had all the labels taken out. Oh, yeah. The the ways you could tell where it was from. But he had this also scrap of an extremely rare book of poetry. The fact that they tore out the labels also might be unrelated. He might just not have been into labels. Oh my god, he's labelless. He's he's basic. That's what this is. He was going to get like a tattoo from a poetry book. He took all the labels out of his clothes. He's just a basic. He's just a basic white guy, (laughs) (laughs) like super basic, and that's the problem. I love the idea of detectives being like he's too basic. (laughs) That feels very sinister. The effort that went into just delab, like you know what I mean, like no trace of you. He wanted no trace of him to be. Yeah, found or located. Well, it's like that he did it before he went out yeah. knowing he might be murdered. Or someone else did it. Or someone else did it. Yeah, it's a lot of like confounding clues because also apparently he was found with signs of poisoning as the death, but there was no poison in his body in the toxicology, which doesn't make any sense. And then when they managed to track down the random book that it was taken out of, there were five lines of a strange cipher code written in the book with the second line crossed out, and no one can decode it. No one knows what it means. It's, it looks oh very uh, Zodiac Killer oh. in terms of like that. The yeah. writing is very Zodiac Killer. I just rewatched Zodiac. So it's it's great. on Netflix. It's fantastic. One of the scariest movies yeah. I've ever yeah. seen in my life without trying to be too scary. Yeah, it's that's a really good great. movie. Yeah. yeah. I think that even the Zodiac Code has been cracked at this point, and the Tom of Shit Code has not been. Yeah, they just nuts. don't know what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just some nerd who's like... <laughs> Just that was his other tattoo. <laughs> I'm was, just a nerd. He was just going to get like this other weird code. Yeah. Like, oh, no, it means something to him. It's like the latitude of yeah. like, where he met his best friend. His other tattoo just says, I'm fluent in sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> He's just getting like Spencer's tease shirts yeah. like, tattooed all over himself. Statement tease. He's getting a big pickle rick. On oh, his my God. <laughs> he just annoyed someone so much. Yeah, they, they ripped off all his labels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't deserve Hugo Boss. <laughs> you don't deserve Rag and Bone. <laughs> oh, my God. I also I feel like this case, uh, along with the loud ones we're looking at, it's amazing because I feel like on the one hand, a lot of detective work is pretty new in history. Yeah. Like, like before a couple hundred years ago, people were just kind of guessing, I think. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but this, they did a lot of good detective work and we still have no idea. It's amazing. God, you could yeah. get it. Like, can you imagine the first person to murder someone like when forensics was like sound and he was like, God damn it. I just like, you just <laughs> missed. Because I feel like pre 19, like 70s, you could just get away with murder. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like you could just, you know what I mean? So unless like someone was physically watching you murder someone, like you could just do it. And then being the first person who was like, I'm going to get away with this. And then and being then like, like we have carbon data now. Yeah, <laughs> we have your fingerprints. <laughs> we have your saliva. And he's like, size 10 boot, you know, and he's like, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Sucks for you. Yeah. You could get away with a lot more. It's better times. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy that they had, like, even attempts at law back then. It's like, how are you going to prove it? Yeah, like Jack the Ripper. <laughs> yeah. He was not even, like, that good at crime. Everybody no. Everybody knew what his M.O. was. Like, he was leaving a full trail. Where he was killing people in London, it was, like, known for 
there were like slaughterhouses and meat places. So like there was just blood in the street as it was and like meat everywhere. So you could just like, you had no idea which one was which. So he was just walking into like a murder zone with just blood flying everywhere. And he was like, like, what the fuck? London had a blood and knives district. It did. like, that's where I'll do it. That was only like a hundred years ago. Like it was, it's just bad. It used to be way better for crime out there. Yeah. Stupid DNA <laughs> evidence and other stuff. God, uh, nostalgia, right? So much. <laughs> I was born in the wrong era, yeah. I think. I'm an old soul. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an old soul. That's his other tattoo. I'm an old soul. I'm an old soul. <laughs> Let's look at a, another like uh, early 1900s mystery thing here. Mm-hmm. Carrie had picked out the Hinterkaifeck murders. Oh, my God. Which yes. are, I've, I had never heard of these, and these are crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of info here, but I'll just give you the general rundown. But I've actually read... I've watched videos about this. I've read oh, lots. Wow. Like, so I've I knew about this before, but so it, it was in Germany and I think because there's no tape, right? It's like the 1920s. Yeah, it was yeah. 1922. Yeah. So or, many of these are from right. times when, yeah, you could just do anything. You yeah. could disappear anybody. <laughs> yeah. Like totally. that. And this was in the German town of. <laughs> oh, Germany. Forget it. Yeah. Germany. Yeah. You're, it's like in Bavaria in the cold dead of winter. Schromenhausen. And it was a family, the Gruber family lived there. It was Andreas Gruber and his family. They were farmers. He had a <laughs> wife. He had a grown daughter and then her two children. And then they had a maid. And they failed to show up to school and, you know, no one was seeing them in town. But neighbors were reporting seeing chimney smoke coming from the farm, which is so creepy. Yeah. And they finally <laughs> went in after a few days of them being gone. And all eight people had been hacked to death with an axe in a barn including the children and the maid. And so I think it was actually six people. But, you know, the police came. No one, everyone was really confused. No one knew anything. And then neighbors started coming forward saying that in the months and weeks leading up to the murders, Andreas Gruber had told his neighbor that they'd been hearing weird noises in the attic. And they had a maid (laughs) who left, who had been a longtime maid with them. And she left because she said, I'm convinced the house is haunted. Because they kept hearing weird things. And then they brought in a new maid. And then that night, she got murdered. So, like, she, her first day of work, wow. she got hacked to death. Along with the whole family. The whole family. But that maid who, she lucked the fuck out because she was like, this is haunted. There is a demonic presence here and I'm leaving. Yeah. And he also told the neighbor that one day they woke up and they saw men's footprints leading from the woods to the house, but there were no footprints leading out. <sighs> so they think that maybe someone was literally in the attic the whole time. And that one maid had heard someone, like, you know, pacing around upstairs and he was like squatting or Just something. Like waiting to strike with yeah. the axe. But the yeah. creepy thing is, aside from the like dismembered bodies everywhere <laughs> in the house, someone had been tending to the livestock, feeding them. They'd made dinner for and lunch for themselves. They'd been using, the, that was the, the chimney smoke they saw was a guy <sighs> or the culprit was living in the house after the murders. Oh my God. And they God. never found out anything. And one theory is that the grown daughter her like baby daddy was in the world war one and he had like a bone to pick with the dad because he didn't want her to marry him. So they think that maybe he like, you know, PTS from war came back and found the family and murdered all of them in a jealous rage. And then there were other claims and these are a little more twisted, but people in the town didn't like the Gruber family. They were sort of pariahs. They kept to themselves and they were unfriendly. And there was a rumor that the father and the daughter were having an affair and that her youngest son who was, a two-year-old, Joseph, yeah. was her father's child. Like, she had a baby right. with her, her dad. So they oh think maybe God. someone from the town killed them in, like, an anti-incest rage. 
But right. like a very methodical <laughs> rage. Right. Here's like my here's my question. Okay. So beyond any of the actual like was there somebody in the attic or how to get in or whatever, that's eight on one. Yeah. And all eight people, like, did they all run at him like they were henchmen in like an action movie, just like <laughs> waiting to get struck down? No, that's a like, good question. Otherwise they yeah. feels like they could have taken him down. Totally. Yeah. I think Oh my god. From the way the 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 police determined from the way the bodies they all were killed in the barn and yeah. the little girl who was 7 was the last to die and they think that she was alive for hours while the murders were happening and maybe hiding but he somehow lured each person into the barn to hack them. So it was either someone they knew or that's why they think it might have been the the ex-boyfriend of the daughter or like he just was really <laughs> persuasive. They were like, well, I don't want to go into the murder <laughs> shed. It sure seems like I'm going to die <laughs> Maybe there. Maybe he was just really sexy. <laughs> Do you think that's what it is? I don't know. But the, this, that <laughs> he is, was tall. That is so scary <laughs> that the poor girl was like, she maybe could have made it out, but she somehow got lured back in. And then yeah. weirdly in the last few years, a German, I think in 2017, students from a German university, like I think they were in a police academy and they, as like a kind of fun class experiment, they tried to solve the case. <laughs> And apparently there was an American serial killer in the turn of the century who was known for killing whole families. And there oh. were like that was his thing. There's eleven other murders in America that he is apparently responsible for. Like he would go in and just wipe out whole households with an axe. Crazy. And then live in the house after he did it. So that was his thing. Oh. And and he was part German. So they think that maybe he somehow got to Germany and is responsible for this. I mean, so that that is even scarier that it was just a random <laughs> home invasion because that is my biggest fear in life is being like murdered in a home invasion by a random crazy person. Yeah. So that's that, a good yeah. fear. Yeah. I mean, right. It's a very <laughs> it's a really good practical fear. fear. Well, this person's very good at hiding and sneaking, right? Because they're in and out of the attic at least yeah. once, and then in and out of the barn. And I, I think in one thing about it, neighbors had said that the the grandfather had uh, told them, "Yeah, I found a newspaper in the house uh, that I didn't buy." So I mean, that's that's confusing. Also, uh, like, and then later he was killed because uh, it was probably the guy's newspaper and he just oh left it he's really like bad. Taking, he's like on the toilet <laughs> with the paper. I mean, 100 percent. Like there are there are so many stories like this where there's just a guy living in a house and everybody nobody really? realizes that somebody else is living there. That is oh, the wow. most horrifying thing I can imagine. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it tends to be like big houses where yeah. there's like a big attic True. that somebody's just like, like nobody's ever big. looked in. Yeah. yeah. So just nobody looks in the attic or whatever for long enough and somebody can just squat there. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it, I mean, obviously it's not their fault that they were murdered with an axe, but, like, if your maid is leaving and, like, you're experiencing all these weird things, like, maybe maybe leave the house, take yeah. the kids and go. So it's kind of like he could have maybe stopped it. Yeah, it, it almost feels like they either needed more friends or... Yeah. Or if it's like a world of email and it's like, ah, they're still they're still not answering emails or posting or anything. That's mm -hmm. another clue to go look sooner. I don't know. I don't know what would fix it, but something modern or friendship based, maybe. The little yeah. girl could have tweeted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have definitely fixed it. Right. <laughs> but also, I think this was like back when towns were just sort of like collections of houses. It wasn't like everybody yeah. was sort of in. Yeah. On like, it wasn't like everybody was on one street. Their neighbors were probably miles away. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it was a farmhouse, and yeah, yeah what it's rural. Yeah, it's snowing, like it's you know you're not it's going Germany, out at night. It's Germany, Germany. <laughs> yeah, I guess the lesson here is don't be a pariah. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Be like fun and popular. Yeah, don't have, don't Try not, not have friends. <laughs> the fuck is your problem? Um, the thing that is weird to me is just the idea that they were all just waiting like, well, I guess I'll be up next. Like waiting for the yeah. guy to come with the, come with the axe. Yeah. That barn system is very strange, but I can see how it works, but it's like really weird. But also yeah. it would require like, wow, I guess everybody else is going to hang out in this bar and I'm going to go see yeah. like, the right. two-year-old. It's know. really baffling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's I mean, going in. <laughs> I mean, the kids, that's easy. It's like the fact that there were multiple grown-ups. But the little girl obviously had some sense to her because she was like... She was the only one. She's like, sense. fuck, I am... Something is happening. Like, she probably heard the screams and was, like, hiding somewhere. So, like... Yeah. She was... My only hero in this because she at least <laughs> she at least helped. She had she was the only one in that house that had sense. Yeah. So I'm sorry for her. I'm sorry for all of them. Do I sound cold? <laughs> um, no. I think you sound really reasonable. <laughs> yeah, we got all their backs. They're great. Right. Well, also we can, maybe let's look at a disappearance too because okay. we we have we've talked about some amazing murders, but also just some people vanishing. And you both seem really excited about the Eileen Moore Lighthouse. Yes. Uh, disappearance in Scotland. I had heard about this. Oh, yeah, so I had not creepy. like done the deep dive yeah. until this. Um, yeah, so it happened in Chris around Christmas of 1900 in an island that's like the farthest point of Scotland. Like it's past. There's an island chain right off the west coast of Scotland, and this island is on the other side of that. So it's like basically in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, it's called Outer Hebrides, Flannan, oh, the, the, the Flannan Islands. Yeah, and the uh, Hebrides, I think. Yeah, mm -hmm, yeah. Hebrides. And it was named after St. Flannan, a 6th century Irish bishop who came there as a saint and he built a chapel on the island and he would bring sheep to graze. And apparently he never wanted to stay there because he believed there were ghosts. So it already <laughs> oh, had like a spooky <laughs> connotation to it. I wonder and if you can become a saint just for going to the creepy islands. I think like that sh you should be canonized. Like finally, of creepy islands. Yeah, yeah that's got to be a thing, right? Right. The saint of scary islands. Our, our lady of spooky islands. Our lady of spooky coastal islands. Yeah. Spooky coasts. So this this happened again. It was like the dead of December. It was really cold, very inhospitable. But they had built a lighthouse a year before, and it was like this the lighthouse guild of Scotland, I guess, like put it up there. And there were four men there, and then one man left as, like, a relief keeper. So he left them, like, earlier in the month, and he was going to go back to the mainland and then come back later to relieve one of them. So he, you know, said his goodbyes. He watched them from, you know, the boat deck, and then he went away. And then a few weeks later, someone was coming in from Philadelphia to Scotland, and they were passing the lighthouse, and it was in the middle of the night, and they were waiting to see it, and they, the lighthouse wasn't on, which is, like, uh, you know, a very so it's one thing big no no to do. Yeah, <laughs> the one thing the one can... thing that's in the in its description, right? Right. Yeah, and at this point, it's stopping both light and it's stopping a house. Yeah. So what do you? <laughs> so now you it's... had one job. Yeah. Now it's just a what. <laughs> like a tower? A tower right. of darkness. Like a useless dark tower? Yeah. yeah it's only tall. Um, <laughs> now it's only tall, if it matters. If it matters. <laughs> you know, so he, he called into the mainland and he was like, hey, I think something's up with this. Something's not right with this place. So the day after Christmas, they sent a team, which I thought was very uh, rude to those people because, you know, the day after Christmas, you should not be on a boat oh, out yeah. to a cold island. So. You should be with your family. You should be with your family, yeah. hungover. Maybe they were pariahs. Yeah, they, were, <laughs> they well, were with the Gruber family. And British culture, it's Boxing Day, right? So yeah. you should be opening yeah, presents. You should be tearing point. into that. It's a national holiday. Yeah. Um, and they went to the island, and the guy who was the original guy with them was with them. So he went up to the house, because he's like, I know they're my friends. He went right up to the house. No one was in there. There was a chair overturned. 
apparently some dinner had been made, but the food was had been left for weeks and it was like, but it looked like people had left sort of in motion. So something had happened very quickly yeah. and all three of them were gone. And they they thought maybe one of them had gotten like washed away in a in like a swell and the other two went out to help them. Um, but yeah, there's no trace of them ever and no one knows yeah. what happened. And there's like theories ranging from UFOs to like a ghostly presence or something or mutiny or someone went crazy and killed the other two. But well, because apparently even the storm thing, like there was a storm around the time yeah. they disappeared, but they the guys had kept log books beyond that date. Yeah. So they were clearly OK in the storm. Well, lighthouses <laughs> are just inherently creepy. Oh, for like, sure. Because yeah. their only way out or in is through a very tall staircase. So yeah. like if they were had to oh, run yeah. out and leave. It's an effort. They, yeah, like something really had to happen. They were like, I'm going to sprint all the way down these stairs. Yeah. yeah. That's the only way out, right? Yeah, and they hadn't, apparently they didn't, they left like their, the clothes that they would have worn to go out were still in the house. So like they went out in a, a rush in the freezing rain. And I don't know, they said that this might not be true, but apparently some of the journal entries post the storm described like, uh, darkness uh, taking over them and like one of them described <laughs> oh one of the God. men was in his room and he couldn't stop crying and another man was like in despair about something and like this sense of melancholy had taken them but I don't That's know terrifying. I don't know how true that is could it have been like a like a suicide or like yeah a, maybe let me be like a group suicide yeah or? something like that the, yeah. here is my other theory and it's happier Okay. <laughs> so you know how like in missile silos uh, during the Cold War, there was like this whole thing where they, I can't remember exactly how they figured this out or, or why, but they kept having a man and a woman in the silo and they kept falling in love. And for some reason that was bad and they had to stop doing that because they inevitably oh, would fall in love. Because they were scooped up, yeah. Because they're just stuck together. And yeah. I guess, you know, rom-coms tell us you can oh. fall in love with anybody over that time. Oh. So I'm thinking maybe they ran away together. All three of them. All three of them. A throuple. Yeah, isn't that cute? A turn of the and century. kind of progressive. They were. They yeah. were ahead of the curve. They were a little turn of the century throuple. Yeah. And they like set out on a little boat to go to other islands and be like, um, we just have like a very open idea about monogamy. And yeah. everybody's like, ugh. We do things so, differently in Flannan Island. Exactly. Yeah, yeah maybe like, maybe they're all three of them were like waving to them from another island and they're like we're good yeah you know, they're passing by but they, it was too windy they, went, they were like it's cold here this isn't fun anymore do you guys want to go on a trip yeah and they all just like went they yeah. weren't wearing their clothes because they had all been like sleeping together and they just Hot. you know yeah i think that's the happier <laughs> version has anybody written the movie about the gay lighthouse keepers yet or is that all for us <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Right, I honestly Lighthouse. like that, go. but like yeah. they're kind of like grizzled old because in Brokeback Mountain they're like beautiful, and I think that it should be like kind of grizzled old, you know, fish guys. <laughs> There's a pot for every lid. Yeah, I think that's kind of nice. I be, let's do it. We'll write a treatment. I love it. Okay, Deal. the gay lighthouse movie. That, the gay lighthouse that's movie. A that's genre that has not as, happened. Yeah. No, it the is gay li lighthouse thruple movie. <laughs> the gay lighthouse thruple romance. <laughs> it is like truly terrifying. It, it has kind of vaguely reminiscent of Dyatlov Pass, like mm -hmm. the leaving yeah. sort of in the moment, fleeing something, like fleeing safety into the non-safe elements because something is so terrifying that you have to get out of there. Yeah, and that's with, what freaks me well, out. Well, and also that it would kind of have to be something supernatural to make sense, like yeah. how it yeah. went in there. I was thinking maybe one of them went insane and the other two were like running from him and maybe would, he yeah. chased them outside and all three of them got like kind of disoriented in the one of them just snapped. I mean, you're you're basically 
in the most isolated part of the world. Yeah. I'm surrounded very by nothing. afraid of like group psychosis. Like falling into you is terrifying to me. Uh. Like I'm mass hysteria. And I think I'm afraid of it because I know I would get swept up in it. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I, I, cooler heads would not prevail. I'd be like, what are we screaming about? Sure. Yeah. I'm in. It's like the dancing plague. Yeah. In German, in, I think in like the 1600s, a whole yeah. village. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. They all like, someone started dancing and then they all started dancing and like we're fainting and stuff. It was just- <laughs> Has anyone written like a party like bar mitzvah song like called the dancing plague? The like, dancing plague. Like a monster mash thing. It was the dancing plague. <laughs> the dancing plague. <laughs> they all a- wanted to stop. <laughs> Some danced till they died. <laughs> the dancing plague. Um I like I like finding upsides of all these crazy uh, things. Yeah, that's gonna be my that's gonna be my thing on this one, I think, is to decide what the sort of like possible fun explanation yeah. was. I don't know anyone yeah. for the hacking. It's harder when you know exactly <laughs> right. how they died. The new they had like a turn of the century Macarena going on. Yeah. And they Macarena into the North Atlantic. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I think yeah, exactly. We solved it. Gary, you mentioned the uh, Dyatlov Pass incident. I feel like that's another good, oh, uh, it's not quite a disappearance, but it's a how, why, you know? Yeah. I read about it in 2013. This is like the yeah. first thing you said when he said Unsolved Mystery. Yeah. So, yeah. I have been like chilled to the bone by this, no pun intended. And every person I tell, I've told about it, they become obsessed with it. But it's basically nine hikers in 1959 in Soviet Union were in the Ural Mountains, and they yeah. were they were students at a Soviet, <laughs> proud Soviet students at a university, <laughs> and they were trailing a new, they were forging a new path together for the state. Like it, it was like a state-sanctioned hike, and they were doing cross-country skiing. There were ten of them. One of them got sick, and the other nine pressed on, and they were supposed to reach their point by the end of February, and they never made it. Man. So they sent a search team back, and they found their tent site on the side of a mountain that is literally translated to the Mountain of the Dead in the native Russian language and the tent had been ripped open from the inside and it seemed like whatever had happened, people's shoes were still there, their clothes. So they fled the tent. It was something was so bad that they fled the tent into minus zero sub zero temperatures and they found all nine bodies scattered in like the mile radius around the tent. Yeah. And a few of them were found near the tent and then like five of them had been grouped together in a ditch they made for warmth. And one of them had her tongue missing and a few of them had been basically mummified. Like they looked like they were dead for a thousand years and they yeah. were, they found traces of radiation on some of them. And one guy was so scared that he tried to climb a tree so hard that his skin of his palms was frozen into the bark. So yeah, Russia is another great place to disappear someone oh, like sure. cold war Russia. <laughs> yeah. Anything could happen. Right. I, yeah, I, I didn't know that they had gone on that trip for the state. That's I think, so, I think so it was yet. like a state-sanctioned yeah. <laughs> like thing. It feels like Bigfoots. Yeti. Yeti. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah, apparently there's like a few theories around it and uh like the the one of them is that there's some kind of yeti out there and somebody on the internet claims to have a picture of a yeti from a camera of a victim but that's not substantiated at all uh for so many reasons right. uh, <laughs> they found they found a camera one of them the camera the last photo they took was the night it, it, they disappeared and it was very blurry but it, it was pointed at the sky and there were these bright lights in the sky and yeah. people were reporting around the area who were also hiking reported seeing like fireballs in the sky or something or like some brightness right yeah those were stars those people were just very dumb (laughs) they were (laughs) i think maybe they were attempting a polar bear swim 
Oh, like it was oh yeah. Late and they for were charity? All just, yeah. <laughs> for the oh, state. Yeah. yeah, exactly. For the state. No, they were bored. Like, they were just all out there like, ugh, like let's go do this thing. It'll be a fun dare. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun it's thing. It's a fun dare. This is a fun group activity yeah. for us. I've read people think that maybe the Soviet Union was testing a weapon because there was like a right. base sort of not too far from where it happened. And people think they were maybe testing some kind of sonic weaponry and it the sound freak they thought it was like an avalanche or something so they like bolted out of the tent and then because yeah. that maybe explains the radiation yeah there's there's like a combination of not just uh, like many witnesses saw something that looked like fireballs in the sky some people think it's just ufos other people think it was some kind of soviet weapons test uh, and then there's also a really weird theory about a Karman vortex street which would be where wind goes off of a mountain in a way where it creates a bunch of infra sound, which is sound you can't hear, but like it messes with your body. And so they think like, oh, there was enough infra sound from the wind pattern and the storm that it drove them all crazy. Oh, uh, oh the sound that drives you crazy is a terrifying. That, also, all wait, this what's very it called? That was a good drag name. Carmen Vortex Street. <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> yeah. that's like so. Katia, like a house of that is Katia great. Sort of follow up. Yeah. Like, a, like a weird drag queen. Yeah. It's amazing. <laughs> wow. That's very upsetting. That's not, but that does sound to me like what probably would. Yeah. A weapons test at that point. And then Snopes claims that like maybe the most scientific one would be some kind of hypothermia, which then leads you to do irrational things to try to save yourself because oh, you're going crazy. Yeah, they call that what is because a lot of some of them didn't have their clothes oh, on. Oh, where you take your clothes well, because yeah, you start getting yeah. really hot before you die. Yeah. Right? yeah. That's like a thing. The people who were found in the ditch together, they lived for at least a few more hours. So they went back and took clothes from the dead people and they oh, were wearing wow. their clothes. So that's why some oh, of them that's crazy. They just didn't want to go back to the tent because, like, they had safety, but they something was so bad over there that they were like, we'll make a ditch. And, he, and even the hypothermia wouldn't explain radiation or the other yeah. like, weird and circumstances. Yeah. The fuck? <laughs> Could your tongue, like, freeze and just, like, fall off? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe she was just talk, talk, talk. <laughs> they were Shut like, guys, up. we're trying to die here. Well, there were. It was only. It was two women and all men, and they were all really experienced hikers. So that was what. Yeah. So this wasn't. They weren't like making a novice foul. And yeah, they this, weren't. They weren't like new to Russia. They knew about winter and stuff. They yeah. weren't green. <laughs> they weren't like me when I moved from California to New York, and I was like, I have a sweater. I'm fine. Yeah, me same. Yeah, yeah really. And then they closed the area for a few years. The government, they shut down all press. They cleared the area. Apparently, the Soviet government's official investigation, the result was that they said that the people had died of, quote, natural force they were unable to overcome, which is real vague. I don't like it. And horrifying. <laughs> and they reopened the investigation uh, this year uh, yeah. to try to still figure it out. It's so sad. I mean, like, they were all, like, in their 20s and... And they all were cute. Like, there's photos of them on the trip, and they're all, like, really excited and Aww. basically doing, like, peace signs. And They're basic. They're so basic. <laughs> <laughs> That's the common theme. Don't be basic.
Today's show is sponsored by Dropout, a new ad-free subscription service bringing you uncensored hilarity from the brains at College Humor, who I think are wonderful. I know many of them personally. They're very, very funny. And uh, Dropout has all kinds of awesome shows. There's Um Actually is a very fun game show they're doing over there. I also want to tell you about a brand new series they're doing called Total Forgiveness, where Grant O'Brien and Allie Beardsley are two real-life friends who go head-to-head in an agonizing competition show to prove they will do anything to pay off their student loans, right? Oh, that massive debt that hangs over many people's heads. Finally, there's a game show taking it on and, you know, making it clear to, I don't know, our legislators that we should do something about it. The rewards get bigger as the challenges get more extreme. With $70,000 on the line, it is real friends with real student loan problems doing real dares. So, you know, it's like a prank war, but with prizes. Isn't that fun? It's available exclusively on Dropout, just like many other series and also original comics and parodies and other fun things. So sign up now for your free trial and start watching Total Forgiveness on Dropout today or watch on the app available in the App Store and on Google Play. You'll also get access to a members only Discord channel that connects you with a community of creators, cast and other Dropout fans. And for a limited time, use the code cracked to get 10% off when you sign up at dropout.tv. That is dropout.tv code cracked. We want to thank our friends at Squarespace uh, for helping make this entire show possible. We get to bring you all this with their help. And here's the thing. They want to help you in so many more ways than just, you know, a a fun podcast with with your pal Schmitty. They want to get you set up with a website, right? You use the internet. Why don't you be on the internet? Show yourself off, blog, sell things, uh, show off writing, photography. There's, There's something about you that could probably use a website. Let's have Squarespace help you do it. They have beautiful templates created by world-class designers and the ability to customize just about anything with a few clicks. Boom, you have a beautiful website just like that. They have e-commerce functionality to help track your sales and run your online business if you want to do that. The site is optimized for mobile right out of the box because, you know, everyone uses the internet on phones and tablets and other mobile devices. You want your website to not look uh, super kooky on that, and Squarespace will make it look the opposite of super kooky. I wish I knew what that word was. They make buying domains simple. They have 24-7 customer support. It's time you headed to squarespace.com slash cracked for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code cracked to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash cracked, offer code cracked. At the top of the show, I said the Cracked Podcast is touring the Midwest soon, April 11th in Chicago, April 12th in St. Paul, Minnesota. I didn't say who my guests are, so here they are. I'm joined in Chicago by comedian Sarah Sherman, journalist Maya Dukmasova, and historian Jane Daly. And then in St. Paul, I get to talk to comedian and podcaster John Moe, comedian Chloe Radcliffe, and historian Elaine Tyler May. I am thrilled to say those names, let alone get to talk to the people attached to those names very soon. So, links to get tickets to see that happen are in the footnotes, and I really hope you'll come do that. There's a, this is another, this is such a spooky kind of disappearance, but death too. Jenny, you picked out Elisa Lamb oh from my recent God, times was... in the city of L.A., where well, we are. Because we were talking about how easy it used to be to disappear people. Yeah. And yeah, so in Los Angeles in like the past 10 years, what yeah, year was 20, it Yeah, 2013. 2013. So. Mm. And it's like there's video, like that's the weirdest part about this whole thing. 
So this is a this is a case that's kept me awake at night. I'm very afraid <laughs> of uh, watching the video from this case was as big a mistake as listening to the Jonestown tape for me. Like as far oh. as like haunting things, oh. it has never left my I, memory. Yeah, I plan on never hearing it. Don't oh, please it. don't. So there's a, a woman named Elisa Lamb, I think is like 20 or 21. Yeah. And she is traveling across the U.S. like uh, like people do. Mm-hmm. She checks into a hotel. His name is escaping me right now. Do you have it, Cecil, uh, hotel. Down? Cecil Hotel. Yeah. Thank you. And pretty quickly starts exhibiting some kind of erratic behavior. Mm. There's a video of her in a ho- the hotel elevator pressing like all the buttons. And then it seems like she's talking to something on the other side of the door, but there's nothing there. Yeah. So it definitely seems like she's maybe talking to a ghost or having some kind of psychotic episode. Or a person. Or a person, but there's nobody there. So it's it's very weird. And it's like also like beyond that, just even her gestures and stuff, like something really weird is going on. Mm -hmm. Um, I think she did have a history of bipolar as well so she disappears this is the last known appearance of her and somewhat quickly after people in the hotel start experiencing the water running like dark like black it's pretty gross and so they go up to the water tank and they find and the water tank is not accessible it's not like there's like an easy to open (sighs) lid and like a ladder and stuff it's like a (laughs) water tank right. there's no like directions there's or no anything. no way to yeah, get yeah. inside of it <laughs> yeah but they find inside the water tank elisa lamb's body decomposing yeah and it's never been solved as to what happened if she somehow got herself in there like during some, some sort of psychotic episode or if it was a murder or if it was a, a ghost yeah um some kind of bigfoots like a yeti of a LA. yeti of la one that because the video is extra chilling. The video is the most chilling. Like the video is such a weird chilling piece to it yeah. because yeah. It, it does seem like she's talking to someone or it's not even like she's trying to escape from someone. It's like she's playing hide and seek from them. Ugh. Like that's what the video looks like to me. And doesn't the hotel have like a really gnarly history? Yeah, it's like got it's, some yeah. weird like I mean, a lot of L.A. Establishments have like sort of weird murdery like histories. Black Dahlia kind yeah, of stuff. exactly. Yeah, that's a big thing here. I got here and I was like, oh, everybody has these like murder stories mm-hmm. about the older buildings. Weird. Yeah, <laughs> all the older buildings in LA have like some kind of weird, yeah. like haunting by weird older failed screenwriter or something. It's um, like it's like silent film people a lot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. A I lot walked of weird by murders. it once. Oh, really? I think I went in. I tried to go into the lobby, but I was I got spooked. The, the vibe was too bad. Yeah. Um, There's just like a ghost doorman. Like, no, I'm sorry, it can't. I mean, it looks like like a Marriott courtyard, but like it's there's definitely like a chilling energy coming from it. Yeah, I would, where is it? I think it's near like Pershing Square. Really? Yeah. Oh, so downtown. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so creepy. Yeah, um, yeah. But that's like the weird thing about this one is it's recent and it's close and it's inexplicable because. Again, it's not like this was an easily accessible, like she jumped. It wasn't like she she climbed up a a thing and like jumped into the water (laughs) tank. She like, she would have had to have physically opened like this water tank, which usually takes, I think, like an entire team of people to investigate. And yeah, there's been no progress on this, uh, on this case. And also the fact that dark water was like running from people's faucets too. So it's like, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, apparently because like BuzzFeed dug into some details uh, that you found, and and like for one thing, the hotel did not like refund any guests or anything oh. during this time. They didn't close. Sorry. Uh, so don't That's go insane. to that hotel. Their corpse water. Is How is your corpse open? water? <laughs> I have no I idea. No, burn it, it down. It's crazy. Very closed. Uh, <laughs> Maybe they burned it down to just like regrew the next day. <laughs> Can you imagine being like? Them being like, I'm sorry about your corpse water, but that <laughs> that is your problem. Yeah, no. Your corpse yeah. water is not my problem. <laughs> Should have brought a Brita. Don't know what to tell you. Has her family, have they must have been like inquiring, well, she, right? Yeah, apparently she's Canadian and her parents oh. immediately came down once she had been kind of vanished. Yeah. You know? And then later they found her. Poor apparently girl. to get into the water tank, if she wanted to do it on her own, she would have had to get on the roof and all the doors Which to the roof. also was not accessible, yeah. Yeah, they like had alarms on them and they were, a lot of them were locked and so somebody would have noticed if she tried to do that. It uh, seems like it maybe was someone, maybe someone who was working in the hotel. Yeah, I mean, that's the other option, right? It's possible. Because actually, also yeah. like, then if there was security tape, they might know how to have gotten rid of it. Yeah. You were saying the thing about how you can't get to the roof. Right. From yeah. The there was like a, another thing about why there was like an extra reason you couldn't get to the tank too, right? So it, you have to get through doors with alarms on them, many of them locked to get to the roof. Then you have to get up onto the tank's platform, which is like up even higher. And then you have to climb up a 10 foot ladder on the side of the tank and then from the top of the ladder, lift off a 20-pound lid by yourself. And she's and, like, you know, she was like a small girl. Yeah, not a big person. And that's like an awkward move to do. There would probably be a huge like thud if you dropped it, you would think. You and know? you're on the roof, so you're high up like yeah. at night. Probably. And then this really hard part seems like getting into the tank and then getting the lid back onto it on your own. You know? It, it the lid of the tank was too. closed, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like, maybe it was, like, the entire hotel <laughs> the staff? came together. Yeah. Ugh. Maybe they were like, we need a murder here or else nobody, like, <laughs> we which kind keep of up. is a good slapstick comedy <laughs> idea, actually. Just, like, a, a hotel that's just like, oh, we, well, we need some press. Let's let's be a murder hotel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we haven't yeah. had a haunting in a while. We haven't had a haunting in way too long, and that was our whole thing. Yeah. What's our Dahlia? Yeah, we have a few we're things doing. now. Gay Lighthouse. <laughs> Gay Lighthouse. Is, I think priority one. Yeah. First position is Gay Lighthouse. Right. And then, yeah, it's it's really sad. And I think the she was alone in this new like in another country. Like, yeah, when you watch it, it is very clear. Something something's happened. happened. Like something it's it's wrong. It's not just like a person getting into an elevator. Did the hostel did yeah. the concierge? Did they like see anything? Because no, nobody. I mean, there's there's just that one piece of video and it, it is her. She doesn't even ride the elevator. She just like gets in it, is like painstakingly messing with buttons and then like kind of doing some things with her hands and then sort of, like you said, like hide and seeking a little bit in the space of the elevator, keeps looking in the hallway back and forth and then is out. When you watch it, you're like, maybe it's a ghost or maybe it's some kind of disorder. It's very hard to tell. Yeah. And that's all we got. <laughs> in terms of like witnesses, etc. Well, we're yeah. staying there tonight, so get ready. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> the Let's three do of it. us are after party. Yeah. <laughs> after party. We do have one other hotel thing. Uh, this is from it's called the Eleven Creepiest Unsolved Crimes No One Can Explain by Robin Warder, Janelle Camo, and Tara Marie. Uh, but it's the Room 1046 murder, and this was in oh, yeah. 1935 at the Hotel President in Kansas City, and somebody who claimed to be named Roland T. Owen 
was found very bloody in his hotel room. And, and still alive when he was found, right? Yeah, still alive. And the staff were like, oh, what's going on? And he was like, oh, I, I fell in the tub. Uh, but he had also clearly been tied up, beaten, strangled, and stabbed. Uh, so no one believed this uh, when he said this. And then he dies, and then they realized that every item had been taken out of the room. He was just nude with none of his stuff in the room. Uh, mm. And then witnesses said they'd heard him having a lot of arguments with someone named Don. But that was just all they knew. They had no idea who he, who he actually was. And then what happened is this was reported in the press as like, uh, this horrible uh, death has happened and he'll just kind of be buried in an, uh, you know, just anonymous grave because we don't know who he is. And then the authorities got an anonymous call from someone saying, I will pay for a very nice funeral for this. And they sent money and flowers and a note that said, love forever, Louise. And so then they were like, who's Louise? Like, now we got to keep yeah. digging into like this mystery person's beloved person. And then a year and a half later, a woman in Alabama saw the picture and said, that is my long lost brother, Artemis Ogletree. We have found Artemis. That's my favorite part of the story. <laughs> we have found Artemis. Crazy name. Really great. Artemis Ogletree. <laughs> wow. And then they were like, okay, well, who's Artemis? How did this happen? And they said, well, our family hasn't seen Artemis in a year. Also, then the family received three typewritten letters from him after the death of this person. And then also Artemis apparently didn't know how to type. It was hard to type in typewriter times and he had never learned, but they got typewritten letters from him. And then later they got a call from someone claiming to be named Jordan, who told them that Artemis had run off and married a wealthy Egyptian woman and had run off to Egypt. Cool. But then also his body was found in this hotel trying to not tell anyone who killed him. I mean, it's crazy. What actually <laughs> seems cut and dry to me. This was a gay hookup gone wrong that he didn't want anyone to know about. Don. Don. Oh, uh, yeah. Came in. Yeah, that would kind of explain it. Robbed uh, him. Yeah. <laughs> stabbed him. He's like, I wasn't trying to have sex. Yeah. And then he like passes out. Yeah. Meanwhile, his lovers from around the world are like finding out and casually trying to. Whoa. Be a part of it. And then his like cool on and off girlfriend who lives in Egypt is like, I'm cool with you liking guys. Too. Oh, I was <laughs> thinking that was like a thing. He was like, hey, can someone just call? Like, I'm going on a trip with this dude. Can someone say I got married to a woman and I'm going to Egypt? Like his best friend was yeah. like, yeah, it's fine. That's what I think this is to I me. Think- and like somebody sent flowers and stuff like that was like definitely like Louise yeah. was maybe like the code name he used for him. Also, it the could- hotel president, the name is like. Freaky to me. That's a <laughs> name for like a Trump biopic in yeah. the future. So they walk into the room. He's profusely bleeding from like mortal wounds. And he's right. like, I fell. Yes. That's exactly yeah. why I think like, that this is. Who are you was, covering yeah. up for? Jenny, I think you like I think you might be right. I think I absolutely <laughs> I cracked it. it. Out. Like that's the case. I, like <laughs> as you were saying, I was like, yeah, more and more. I'm like, yeah, this is exactly. This is just a dude who didn't want to admit to right. having. That's it's so. That's so typical. Typical man. <laughs> <laughs> he's going. He's literally bleeding to death, and he's like, "I can't admit that I sucked a dick." I think this is what happened. It explains all of the details. Who do we call? Uh, th- there's another yeah. identity story here. This is about William Cantello, who was an inventor in the 1880s, who was in uh, Southampton in the UK, and he and his two sons worked together to invent a the machine gun. Like they were mm-hmm. kind of precursors of it, but uh, the first like really working machine gun. Great. So Thanks hard. a lot. Thanks a lot. Right. <laughs> and then many murders. But uh, the father, William Cantello, he leaves for a trip and disappears and is never found. They they don't know what happened to him. 
and uh, they hire a detective because they're like, what's going on? And the detective says, there's signs he might have gone to America. And also we know all his bank accounts got cleared out. They're just, mm. it's just somebody took all the money right when he disappeared. And so then uh, just in the news, they see that there's a guy in America named Hiram Maxim who has invented the exact same gun and looks almost exactly like William Cantello. It's, he's it's like, you know, what's a better name. Hiram Maxim. Hiram. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But a uh, and it, this was like men with long beards time, so yeah. it's a little hard to tell if he looks like him. But he looks a lot like him. Oh, uh, chills. And so they think like, oh, our dad like didn't want to share royalties or something, and just like invented a new persona to show the gun off. And then uh, Hiram Maxim had a trip planned to the UK, so the, the sons were like, oh great, we'll go confront him and be like, Dad, what are you doing? This is crazy. Uh, they go and confront Hiram Maxim. And he's a different guy. Like, he's like, no, I can prove that I was born in the U.S. from census records. And there's church records of me growing up there. Uh, and then Hiram Maxim says, also, there's a guy going around the U.S. claiming to be me. It's really weird. He should stop it. He oh. looks a lot like me. And he claims he invented this gun. It's really irritating. And then uh, Hiram Maxim had also been to Southampton before. Because another inventor claimed that Hiram Maxim had come by to try to steal his ideas. Uh, a bunch of inventors with mutton chops. Like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's like two cartoony Victorian inventor guys who... This would also make a great movie. Yeah. Like, all of these would make awesome movies. <laughs> and we don't know who is who or what was going on. So they it's never found Cantello? Yeah, they never found him. And uh, Maxim like died a very wealthy man and, and everything. Good for uh, him. Yeah. <laughs> Hope it was worth it. Hope he's- yeah, from all the from all the war and death and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm hoping he's uh, watching from wherever he is. <laughs> his legacy. But that is yeah. really sinister, though. That to leave your kids and like you know, yeah, it seems yeah. pointed that he's draining his bank accounts. Like that all feels like very planned. Well, but the yeah. weird, the other weird thing is like the. It's not just that it was there was a guy who like looked at him looks like him that maybe he was trying to claim to be. It's that they simultaneously invented the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Apparently. And looked like each other. And looked like each other. And like and, could have still been one guy somehow just really well faking records. Like there's a lot of ways the solution could go a and nobody knows. version of this. Like maybe he had like a <laughs> twin. Maybe it's a parent trap. Oh, Maybe cute. it's a parent trap, and that's how they came together. Like one of them went to the UK, and one of them went to the states. That's exactly what happens in the Parent Trap. An AK forty-seven <laughs> Parent Trap. An AK forty-seven Parent Trap. We have so many. The movie is called AKA forty-seven. Because it's about mistaken identity and machine guns. The one from America is really cool. Yeah, and the one from the UK is a little bit. A yeah. little stuffy. A little stuffed up. <laughs> Gonna have to learn to let his hair yeah. down all the way Loosen down his face. Loosen that color. Yeah. <laughs> let no, those mush- mutton, let chops mutton chops fly. Fly free. <laughs> Let's look at more. Uh, this is like spooky industrial stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the Glico Morinaga case. <gasps> oh, I, this is. I just read yeah. this last night. I was very stoked because I love Pocky. So <laughs> I was glad there's some mystery. I don't know. Are it. they the company that makes Aren't it? Aren't they? Glico? Yeah. Or, I, I, yeah, I have no idea. That's great. <laughs> I think they, they make like a lot of Japanese candies, right? That's yeah, both thing. of these are food and candy companies. Yeah. yeah. Uh, one's called Glico and the other is called Morinaga. And in 1980s Japan, first Glico and then the other, they were blackmailed by a very terrifying, apparently group of men. With Glico, first they kidnapped the company's president and held him for ransom, uh, and then received the ransom, got away, totally got away with it. From and then from there, they lit a bunch of cars on fire in Glico's parking lot <laughs> back at the office. Uh, you know, not necessary yeah. car destruction. Uh, and then they started sending letters to Glico, but the letters were in a bath of hydrochloric acid, 
And then also, like, the first letter said, we've poisoned all of Glico's candies. And so they had to do a $21 million recall oh. of all their candies. They do make Pocky, by the way. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, so it was a dark time for Pocky uh, because <laughs> uh, these crazy guys were just tormenting them. And then suddenly they sent a letter forgiving Glico and went straight over to Morinaga and started sending them packages laced with sodium cyanide, also demanding various money drops from various companies. The closest the police got to figuring out any of this was they saw one guy from a distance at a money drop and called him the fox-eyed man. And that was all they got. That was all they figured out. Creepy. The fox-eyed man. Yeah, yeah. And then the the superintendent of police was so sad about failing so completely to catch these guys that he committed suicide by lighting himself on fire, what uh, which the is fuck? pretty intense. And after that, they received a letter from the group that said, quote, we are bad guys. That means we've got more to do other than bullying companies. It's fun to lead a bad man's life. The monster with 21 faces. And then that that was it. We they are just bad guys. The stopped. least bad guys thing to say. We're yeah. bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're the cool kids. Yeah, it's, it's like, like in a musical. Yeah, it's like. Also, men are so dramatic. <laughs> they really are. I'm gonna set myself on fire. I'm gonna set some things on fire, and I'm gonna set myself. That's on a fire. Lucille Bluth quote. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> Well, the bad boys. Oh. We don't have time to be futzing around with a big old company. It yeah. sure can be fun, yeah. but we have other fish to fry. Operator. <laughs> do, 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 do. We're the bad boys. We're coming out of the day. They're like, you know, they're all Bad boys like, coming up now, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the receptionist. Hello, sir. Right. <laughs> Beep. It's a lot of like Doris Day movie split screens yeah. and stuff. Yeah. The bad boys yeah, are here yeah. to see you, sir. <laughs> Should I bring them in now or wait for, wait for you to get back? Bring them in now. <laughs> well, if it isn't my old friend, the fox-eyed man. Yeah. Come on in, the eight-eyed monster, an eight-eyed monster. <laughs> what can I do for a bad boy like you? <laughs> They're all like 40s fit. Like when you see those pictures of like yeah. guys with like the strong men, I'm like, that's the fattest oh. male. <laughs> or they're just like they're just like very thin. Yeah, anytime I see like Jimmy Stewart in a movie when he was young, it's like he's the thinnest man alive. Well, they all have like smoker body. They were yeah. working out, but they were also exclusively eating bread and red meat. So like they <laughs> and like gym. Yeah, they drank <laughs> just drinking and like their, their heads were just expanding. Yeah, they, the booze. <laughs> their faces were like, yeah, like they ate them or their own selves. Yeah, and, like expanded. <laughs> exactly. You know, when like on on Power Rangers when Zordon is growing, yeah, it's like that's exact. Yeah, the transition. Zordon's the baddest boy of all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Zordon. He's a bad boy. He's in the club, too. <laughs> We've got him on the email, email chain. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to start a podcast called The Bad Boys. The Bad Boys. We just do pranks, but they're like really yeah. gentle. Hello? And we immediately fess yeah. up to it. And like, it's literally somebody picks up. We go, this is a prank phone call. You've been prank phone called by the bad boys. Goodbye. Well, like, you what? ask with the bad boys. Okay. They leave a voicemail and we leave voicemails because no one answers from like our unknown calls. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. Like sometimes they'll call us back. Like, I just got a call from this. Oh, yeah. Us. Yeah. We're the bad boys. Yes, you did get a phone call. And it's from us. We're the bad boys. On a, prank from, on a scale from one to ten. Like, how pranked were you? We're going to get disappeared so fast. Sorry. We're going missing immediately after this. <laughs> This is a, let's do a disappearance here too, but uh, this is a story of the Ghost Blimp crew. Oh my God. And this is 1942. These guys were so legit classic. Hot. They, they oh. are honestly really hot. Now we're Very looking good at two, looking men. two lookers, yeah. Uh, it was during World War II in California and they 
the military was worried that Japan was going to like invade the West Coast and yeah. the outcome of the war was still up in the air and like it seemed like Germany and Japan were going to win maybe so they they wanted to have blimps for spying and you know military surveillance going up and down the California coast right yeah so they had like 12 blimps at a time going and this one blimp uh had three men one of the guys got out because they thought it was going to like sink or crash if there was too many people on it so that he let these two guys go and then a few hours later it was found drifting from la it was found drifting on the coast of san francisco yeah and it crashed into the town in like the middle of the downtown area and no one was in the blimp and there was yeah. just like it was like <laughs> just drifting around and they they don't know what happened and so there was an oil slick spotted like near the waters because it was it went out to you know the, the islands that are off the coast of california yeah it was supposed to patrol them for like submarines and japanese ships yeah but uh and those two guys were just up there in it like yeah. these guys are like legitimately really handsome they're beautiful yeah. he looks like john ham he does kind of look like john ham i'm trying to think who they look like cuz they one on the left looks like a he looks like rami malek i would probably like cast like giovanni ribisi maybe ooh they never found the the men just seemingly like vanished into thin air and it was yeah. just this slow moving <laughs> object drifting around the california coast and then like slowly crashing in and like everyone in the town was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Because a blimp crash, if there's no more pilot, it's like, oh, look at that slowly. Yeah. Just returning. Okay. <laughs> Blimps are creepy. Blimps are really creepy. I don't know why they're still a thing. Frankly. When I see them over LA, I'm like, it's like silent. You can yeah. maybe sometimes yeah. hear the the whirring of it, but. It's definitely sports' fault. Any any commercial break, they're yeah. like, oh, we have aerial coverage of the stadium. And yeah. it's like, I didn't need that at all. I don't no. need a picture of it. Is it just because it's, it's like slow and can float above the thing? Yeah, yeah. And you can kind of billboard the side of it like the Goodyear blimp. It's yeah. just, yeah. oh, I mean, there it is. Blimp, yeah, blimp is creepy enough when it's manned. <laughs> <laughs> well, the creepiest thing was also the last words radioed in from the flight was one of the pilots saying this is and it seems out of context but he said when it came time for further explanation and we didn't get it we just assumed well it was negative and they went on their way that's like the last thing they heard i don't know what that means that's wild yeah <laughs> which sounds like what somebody would be saying about the disappearance later yeah did they it, jump out? Did they like was did they did they maybe abandon ship kind of thing? Like they were like right because like what could be the trouble just up above but also the Bay like, Area? Nobody yeah. saw anybody like jumping out of a blimp. Yeah, it's unsolved. It's like you're left a little hanging by like the the blimp handsome guys. Where did they go? Like what, <laughs> hot, what do we do? You know? Hot blimp guys. Yeah. <laughs> Where are these hot blimp guys? <laughs> Yeah, so they boys. ran away together. Ran away. <laughs> I really think I was the, waiting for you to do it. It actually also makes sense. Uh, <laughs> could be that. All of these I'd be okay make with sense when you're like <laughs> at the point where you're like, oh, truly people were just, it was easy to disappear yourself. It was easier to make yourself look dead than to tell everyone that you were gay. Yep. And True. so they did. <laughs> well, some people thought maybe that they were kidnapped by a Japanese like sub or something it'd be or, so difficult i mean yeah like a blimp, and you would see a blimp <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> it's big it's the size of a blimp <laughs> i don't know and it's in an era in 1942 nothing's happening so you're not in your phone you're just looking for blimps and stuff to see you know so yeah. all the witnesses would yeah not to, to like ever today that you could get away with it because everyone's just looking at their phones yeah. right. but back then everyone was like is there a blimp? <laughs> What's there to see in the sky? I'm the bored yeah. bad boy. <laughs> Where the, it was the bad boys. The bad boys. They just thought it would be a funny prank. <laughs> to make two blimp well, guys Well, they disappear. were 19. It was a 19 face, face monster. And then they oh. were like, we need two more. The faces should be beautiful.
beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, that's the episode for this week. My thanks to Jenny Jaffe and Carrie O'Donnell for finding a surprising amount of just wonderfully light, fun sides of these extremely often creepy mysteries of history. Aren't they great? They're just so fun and, and into this kind of thing. I had the best time talking to them about it. Now let me talk to you about our food notes, where you will find all kinds of cases that we got into. Some of them are coming from cracked articles, some of them from elsewhere. And there's, like they uh, alluded to, there's a wealth of material on cracked about this kind of topic. I think it's the thing that pulls together a lot of different threads that a lot of people are interested in, especially unsolved stuff and also the past, history, where we came from, where there was often not very good detective work or there was good detective work and boy, isn't that creepy. On the brighter side of that, guess what? You can see the Cracked Podcast in your Midwestern city. If you're lucky enough to live in Chicago, live in the Twin Cities of Minnesota, or travel to them, which would be very nice of you to do. We're in Chicago at Lincoln Hall on April 11th with guests Sarah Sherman, Maya Dukmasova, and Jane Daly. We are in St. Paul, Minnesota at the Amsterdam Bar and Hall on April 12th with guests John Moe, Chloe Radcliffe, and Elaine Tyler May. Ticket links are in the food notes, and I hope I will see you at this first ever tour for our show. Beyond that, our theme music is Chicago Falcon by the Budos Band. Our episode was engineered by Brett Morris and edited by Chris Souza. If you love this episode, that's great. If you hated it, let me know about it on social media. That's right, social media. Something that you would think would make it easier to solve crimes and murders and, and mysteries of times. But then again, maybe it makes it more confusing. Ah, Black Mirror. That felt like an episode of what they do. I think it does. My Twitter account, not spooky at all. It's at Alex Schmitty. My Instagram is at Alex Schmittsagram, and I'm on the wider internet at my website, alexschmitty.com. And I'm here to say we will be back next week with more Cracked Podcast. So how about that? Talk to you then. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Chris Bannon, and Colin Anderson. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Earwolf.